Ha ha ha. This is intro two. Uh, I just kind of want people to know that uh, my aim in this series um, is ironically it's not for perfection. I am not offering this to be sold at all. So you might hear ambient sounds. You might hear my dad cough. You might hear the phone ring. You might hear whatever human stuff go on. Um, I have a process in, as an artist of getting things into me. Uh, so this is going to be the first, just the first go at getting this into my mouth and my mind. And uh, I'd love to really record it, you know, to, to put it out there. My own stories, actually. That's what um, I'm building up to in uh, my own way of doing it. Uh, for parents, I hope, what I hope to achieve with this story time here is just a reminder. My dad said something to me earlier today uh, about cell phones, and he was reminding me that it wasn't that long ago that we didn't have cell phones. And life went on, and life was fine, and life was more um, interactive, you know, because everybody now is, everybody in the family now is on the phone. So how many less conversations are we having? You know, we're, we're in our own virtual reality worlds, in a sense. And I'm not saying that there's anything in particularly wrong with that, because in children, I feel that that alone time is essential to their development, not spent with devices, but um, the practice of reading, of finding books, just the finding of books, of discovering books of knowing how to find books that you like, of exploring different writers, different styles of writing. That whole process is, for a young child, it can, it's one of the first things that you can really, I don't know, it made me feel mature and grown up beyond my years when I was really young, it's it's ironic how a lot of kids feel like, you know, oh, maybe they can't be seen, maybe they can't be heard, or influence their surroundings in such a way to, ha- to have a certain kind of respect, to command that kind of respect without, you know, being accomplished at whatever kids are lauded or praised for or whatever. Just be a regular kid and to to sometimes have this self-possession of knowing. You don't know how you know. You don't know why you know. You know that you know. You don't even know what it is that you know. But you know that you know something. And sometimes if you can find that right book and you can connect with it, then you could be six, you could be seven, you could be eight. A whole world 
open up to you. And you decide. You have the power. And that that's actually ageless. No matter what age we are, we can pick up a book. And we are the triple threat. Because we are the costume designer, we're the lighting, we're the director, we're the sound, we're the music, we're the color, we're the special effects team. It's, there's no limits. It's all your imagination. And you're in this world and you're cre- you are creating it. And so as we embark on this new journey with these uh, fantastic advancements in technology, let's not lose the beauty of our own minds. Because the art that we're seeing, the shapes, the geometry that we're seeing in the virtual world, and that is artistry, the sculptural content, and so many just layers of different artists that are required to create the video games even that we play if you're a gamer um, all the stuff that we're looking at the photography creative photography the graphic arts all of that is coming out of human minds so we don't want to only have what's coming out of someone else's vision If you give kids, introduce children to this stuff early, they will really use themselves. And and that is a practice that we as human beings need to get into again of using ourselves, using our mind, of being okay, being on our own. And that's why, oh my goodness, I love this radio show because a lot of people maybe, I, I don't know, some people need things very regimented. And if they need that, maybe they should go elsewhere. Because what I'm here to do is bring, connect so many dots together that you begin to see the, get a, a picture. That's what I'm trying to do, is paint a picture out of things that may seem unrelated. And... um so back to relationships, um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about when very significant or important relationships change or terminate um, or are redefined, you could lose contact with friends, with family members, with lovers. And it's just like our whole life, we have all these different cycles of learning that we go through. And sometimes we, com- we complete that cycle of learning. You know, we tie it up. We did that. It was painful. It was uncomfortable. And whatever you had with that person might have just been amazing. And when you look back on it later in life, that's, that's all we have are our memories. 
And that's why this whole virtual reality thing, I want you to really start thinking about it. Because you're talking about other people having the ability to give you memories. The concept like uh, total recall. And the possibilities are endless. But these are things that that we need to think about as it's happening in real time because things are happening so fast. Advancements are happening so fast. Something is introduced, a new app, a new blah, 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 and we adapt it so quickly. And yet we're still uh, on that karmic wheel and we're still learning these human lessons that we're here right now in 3D dealing with. And so I'm like, we're moving to 4D, right? And all these advancements are coming. And it's, it's, it's a lot of different things going on at the same time. And we're processing them at different speeds. And there's really no one helping us through this process. We don't have... Um, we are not, as a culture, as a human culture, we're not making art the way that we were. And I'm not convicting it. I'm saying we need to notice. I'm just pulling your coat about observing that we're not having the arts do what the arts used to do in terms of helping us to transition and stuff like that. And when I used to talk about soul families, this is kind of what I'm talking about that there are many people, and I think they could be incarnating as little children to, at any age, it could be any age, that were specifically had a soul contract agreement to come to the earth at this time during our, one of our most challenging and one of our most pivotal times to smooth the way out, to give us a transition, to help us to transition, to give us um, comfort. That is something that art is also supposed to do, is to comfort. I apologize for the background noise, but I all told you guys, um, this is a human situation. This is what I've got right now. And, uh, This is how we make do. And all of us, as we go through these challenges, as we go through whatever, whatever, we all think that it's supposed to be a certain way, you know, or at least that it it shouldn't be like this. Shouldn't be any background noise. I should be in total control of this. Or it shouldn't be like this or that. You know, and the truth is we don't have control, especially not of the matrix. All we have control of is ourselves. And when we don't see that, you know, we have a certain amount of autonomy, I think that's when we get frustrated, when we don't feel that that we are creating enough change at the speed that we want. That's when I think, you know, or we feel like maybe others don't get it, like we're feeling something really intensely and we're not seeing that people get it. That can be like... 
really traumatizing um, in a sense. That, that reflection back that someone hears you, that someone feels the same thing, or that they have felt it at some point in time. You're going through something somebody already went through. When we don't have the lines of communication open that we used to have before we had the devices and before we had the internet, the one-on-one human interactions, that's the information that we're missing. And so now that we have this opportunity to be connected on such a profound level, now we can fill those holes by adjusting our methods that we use of communication. Now, we are not utilizing our capacity for communication to the extent that we can. And that's not a conviction. I'm just saying, as with anything, it can be better. And we'll always strive to make it better, you know, every day. So every single piece of a, every single person is a piece of the pie. You are just as important as anybody else. You, me, anybody. We're all pieces of the pie that add up to the whole. So we're all essential and, and no one is inconsequential because we don't even know what people have inside. So with my show, I'm not here to impress anybody or to do what anybody else is doing or I don't even care about any of that. What I hope to be is, you know, like I said, your spiritual DJ, somebody that can just give you things to think about, stimulate your thought, you know, and it does it's not it's not about having the most profound thing. It's just who are we? Where are we? What's going on? How'd that get there? Why is that that way? You know, it's returning to that beginner's mind that the child has that is always inquisitive, but yet mindfully and intelligently inquisitively inquisitive and able to incorporate all the knowledge that you already have. I'm not saying questions for the sake of questions or just stupid stuff. I'm saying real things that help us to keep getting more and more specific and going forward. So it's never random. I know to you it may seem that way. I have a voracious appetite for information and knowledge and not just for the sake of it but to answer my own questions and how I how I solve these things and to give my own soul rest or whatever is by usually making it into a story um that's what that's what makes me feel whatever me it makes me feel me. So, I don't know what's going to come. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But I think that was the lesson of today. Every day, I realize how much I've been growing recently. Because 
um, the lesson of the day. I, I know that you can start with an intention, but I find out that at the end of the day, the lesson just tells me this is what you learned today, you know? And this is why I encourage people to have a diary, however you need to have your diary. If it's in the, your voice notes, if it's in writing it down, some people like to write down. If it's in being an adult and buying yourself a sketch pad and make a coloring book of what happened, the different things that happened that you need to get out, do it. Have that alone time that you can process things because it's when we don't make time for that, that expression of the soul or whatever that's on your mind, that's when you got to start sitting in front of somebody and paying somebody to listen to you. That's when you've got to start hitting big pharma, which is just desensitizing you and you're still not dealing with the problem. You're still not dealing with the problem, which means that it's going to still be there after the medication wears off. And that's what we've been taught to do, is just keep addressing the symptoms and not the problem. And I do it like everybody else. We avoid it. We're scared or we don't think anybody listens or we don't think they care or we don't think we matter enough for it to care or whatever it is, a human thing that people think and that people feel. But we are important. And it's okay to have thoughts that are different. It's okay. Because you're you. And whatever it is, is whatever it is. But it's having healthy ways, healthy ways of getting this stuff out so that they don't become eating a whole plate of pasta or just sexing some random person that you just met or whatever. That anything goes is so true. We're, we're adults now. And now they want to lower the age at which kids can just do whatever they want to do. And we have that free will. But guess what? The consequence is within the thing itself. Even if you don't believe in God, you don't believe in the force or whatever, for everything that we do, it, there, there is an impact that we're going to see at some other, reflected at some other point. So sometimes we don't see until it's hindsight exactly what that is. But um, I would say the lesson of the day, and it's, a, it's something that I've always known. I've always had, from a young age, I trusted myself. But things can happen that sometimes when you, you put your trust in people, and every time it's a trick, or every time it's malintent or whatever, and it's just you keep trying to have that new spirit. You keep trying to be a beginner, and you keep trying to forgive, and you keep, and, it's, and it can be over and over and over again, and it's hard to stay open and keep that beautiful spirit that you have when you're a child. 
the inquisitiveness, you know, the healthy innocence, all that kind of stuff. That That is the precious part of your soul. And no matter what rough situations you go through, that beautiful, radiant part of you, you can never, never, never let anybody hurt that part of you. Just imagine it in a beautiful iridescent bubble. I don't know how many of you just blew bubbles as a child and you know that the the skin of the bubble is just so light and it's permeable and it, it has colors, beautiful, beautiful colors. Put that beautiful part of yourself in there and no matter what happens to you, nothing can, nothing can penetrate it. That's you, that's your... I don't know, in the Marvel Universe, they had a crystal. I think it's called the Emicron crystal. But anyway, it was some kind of crystal where Jean Grey's, the essence of her, was in this crystal. And whenever, you know, her parents, when she passed away, her parents had it on the mantelpiece. And whenever you went to that crystal and you touched it, you would feel the essence of her, that beauty, you know, even though she went through a lot and had the pain, you don't get any of that. You just get that essence of that beauty, that divine part. So if you can learn to put that part aside, it's never destroyed no matter what happens to you. It is always intact. The blueprint for it is always intact. And uh, this conversation is moving towards future conversations that I'm going to have with you. And I'm not having it tonight. I really want to do my reading for you of the Baron Trump stuff. I really, really want to start it tonight. But there's uh, some noise here at home. And my laptop rattles. So the only computer I could do it on is this one. So we just have to wait until it gets a little bit later. Um, and we'll officially start story time. But every day, even if you're in a relationship, especially if you're in a relationship, I think that sometimes we need to do the same with the relationships, as I said, to do with that special part of yourself. Because what happens in a relationship is that Two beautiful souls. Remember those two bubbles? There's you, and then there's that person. And then you create a third energy together. You, are, you become something else together. And whatever you create together, whether it's a child, a, a book, a song, whatever it is, that's something else beautiful that you're creating. So the relationship also has to be treated with that protection, that layer of protection that no matter how angry or whatever, if the person is that vile and that disrespectful, then you can't build with them anyway and then there's no point to it. Two energies come together when it is fruitful. The opposites attract because they complete each other. And then they can, they can, because they are of one mind, 
they can accomplish great things because they're like this. And they, they work together as a unit to achieve, excuse me, whatever goals that they set or that they want to apply their talent and their minds and their creativity to. But today it's kind of like we just get used to people, you know, and it's like you're there to have a meal with, you look good enough that I don't, I won't get indigestion while I'm eating my soup to look at you. You have enough interesting things to say that, you know, you don't bore me to death, you know? And then we have some kind of physical interaction, which we both need because we're human beings. And then we wake up and we do it the next day. But that protective energy of keeping it precious, I'm telling you, the next time I do this, there was a song. I should play it for you guys. It was called um, Next Time I Fall in Love by Amy Grant and Peter Cetera of Chicago. And in that song, I feel like that song is so perfectly what I'm talking I'm going to play it for you guys. I feel like that song is perfectly what I'm trying to tell you guys now is like, from the beginning of the relationship to never take it for granted, you know? And I'm even going to extend that to the relationships in your family. Because sometimes, you know, a lot of people that have family units and then they see what goes on in other people's family and they're like, oh my gosh, They're like this, and that's what happened, and they treat each other like that. You know what? You are able to function the way that you function because you and your family have successful boundaries. When people start to disrespect each other is when those boundaries get broken down. When one person feels uh, pressure upon them for financial reasons, because of another person or emotional boundaries are being broken or not being set. So financial um, boundaries, um, emotional boundaries, um, rudeness, just, just whatever, or just having people that are mentally or spiritually in two different places have completely different ideologies and they're forced to live together and they're forced to be together just for whatever reason kids go back home or the elderly person doesn't want to be in the nursing home and the family takes them in whatever the scenario is I think that bubble technique is really great to bring that back in of like, if this was the last time that I saw that person, how would I treat them? And then try to treat them like that. I really do, I don't know if people notice, I really do try to treat my dad like that. And I have from the time that I got here, but I don't think that he even registered it, number one. 
And number two, I don't think he expected it. And number three, he couldn't even accept it because he's not used to it. Because he's used to all these nephews, grandsons, all these uh, nieces, all these people. All they do is just take, take, take. And they're not. Some people are just not about being overtly kind. They're just kind of like, if you're not on the most base level that there is, then that's not real. They're not used to just authentic kindness. Just people on a different vibration. I'm a person that with my creative stuff, even if I don't really like somebody or whatever, I mean, I, you have to be hounding me and harassing me for me to really just be like, oh, God, I can't stand you. And that's, that's really what, I, what I've been going through. Because usually there's all kinds of people that I deal with, and I, I, I'm just so into what I'm doing that I don't even care. I don't even care what they're talking about, what they're doing, why they hate me, whatever. I've been very, I, I think I was very good with hate for a long time because I'm so busy doing what I do, I don't even understand people that can let their whole lives revolve around it. But like I said, it's when those boundaries get broken down, when people are inserting themselves past the point of decency and chastity and, and just your sense of your dignity. That's when you're going to have people are going to act out and don't think that it wouldn't be you. You're, you're in a certain situation. You don't have anyone breaking your boundaries. If someone broke your boundaries, you better believe you'd speak up about it. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. So anyway, we're waiting on my dad to get tired enough to go to sleep. I think he's talking to his ex-girlfriend. I don't know. It's none of my business. But um, I'm glad I spoke to you guys about these things. I really am ready to move on from, from this. Um, but something else came to me and uh, was kind of through, I don't know her last name, but I played over the weekend people that are on my private my private blog and my private podcast um, that is my phone, they were hearing me listen to uh, Yvette and she was talking all about race and uh, one interesting point that she brought up, all these people are talking about how they got success on their own and they did this or that. If you're a person that creates a product and you're serving a market, you are truly dependent on people buying your products. Because you could put put it out there and it could be the greatest in the world. If they don't find value in it, then, you know, you're at a loss. I think that's why my grandfather always said, you know, do things that people need. And and, you know, do that thing that no one's doing. And then you'll always have a job. 
But today's a little bit different because you, you have to be chosen. So there's this whole false idea that you just work hard and be good at something and then things just manifest. And I hate to tell you that it's not exactly that way. There's grace involved. There's grace. Then without that grace, you know, I don't know what you really have. And um, I know I'm grateful for the grace. I'm grateful for the grace. I'm grateful for a lot of things that have been going on. Uh, and it's mostly because I opened myself up to realizing that there are other ways. I always, I was telling somebody else, oh, there's other ways of doing this. I said that this morning when I was listening to what all these transhumanists are doing. I was like, wow, don't they know there's other things that they can do or whatever? And I, I haven't thought about all of it yet. Maybe I will. But it slapped me back in the face of like, hello, you could be doing things a lot differently, you know, and nothing says that we have to continue the way that we've been doing it, even though we think we're doing our best and we think we're doing, you know, maybe what we think is the situation requires or whatever. But there's always another way. And the point is just being persistent in doing that. But there is this median point. I'm like going to call it like the golden mean. And I don't think that people always factor in that organic assimilation time where you have a goal and you want to do it and you work toward it every day and it's in your mind and blah, 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 blah. But yet that most important ingredient that I always say that our society doesn't focus on anymore is the vehicle, the how it gets done. Because that can completely change your outcome and the speed of your outcome. So somebody might say, oh, she took two days to think about that. But when it hits me and I throw it up in that area to do its thing, it's usually exactly better than what I wanted. Better than what I wanted. So... That is something, as I become a public speaker and that I want to talk about creativity, is understanding how to cultivate it and how to grow it. How to grow it. You know, we all think that things happen by magic. Oh, sometimes it is like that. What we don't see in this whole society of like immediate gratification, we see somebody famous and all somebody can say is, oh, they were on YouTube and they kept putting out videos and blah, 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 blah. And they don't see every moment, all the thoughts, all the living, all the lessons, all the, 
Unless you're watching somebody 24-7, and even though you're watching me 24-7, a lot of people do, you, you don't know the half of it. It's unrealistic what we're being shown. How people have these stories. Oh, you just end up in Los Angeles. Oh, I just came to Los Angeles and I just happened to meet this person. And this was this and this was that. These sto- those stories are fake. It's a lot that goes into manifestation. The process of creating something in your mind and then manifesting it so-called successfully. What steps does that really take? What kind of time does that take? What kind of personal development does that take? What kind of energy does that take for you to have? What kind of frame of mind, peace of mind does it take? And people don't factor that in. They just look at somebody and they go, that person's talented. That person looks good. This person just needs to do this, this, and this, and they could do... It's not that simple. We do not know each other's life lessons. We don't know. Unless they tell us. We don't know. We don't know the path they're on. We don't know why they went through that. Whatever it was. And it's usually for a reason they don't understand yet until it's happened. So we have an opportunity now to just share. To share as we're doing these life lessons. I keep talking about it over and over again. The life lessons. Every lifetime that we're here, we have these life lessons. When we don't complete the lesson, like remember when I had all these people saying, you need to just cut him out and you need to just da 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 It's not, don't you think if it was that simple, I would have just done that? That struggle that's going on, that's where the lessons are learned, especially with me and him. I don't know, at this point I'm like, I don't even know if we'll ever meet, work together. I don't know, I don't know what his deal is. And maybe that's a part of the way that it's going to go. I don't know. I learned a lot. I did learn a lot. Maybe I had too much the heart of a child just thinking, well... I loved with all my heart. If you love with all your heart, you get it back, don't you? That's what I thought. And um, I think it's a beautiful thought. But I don't know if it's true. Just because you love something with all your heart or someone. Every, you know, you just don't know. We don't know what that means. Somebody may not have the capacity to return it or to give. Not everybody knows. See, these are simple things. Whenever you're putting yourself down or thinking that you're less or whatever, you don't know what your talents and your strengths are. 
A person that seems to have everything may not know how to share with another human being. And that's a very painful thing. Because then that means they're trapped in themselves. That's a very lonely place to be. And you, in your state of imperfection, looking however you look, having whatever it is that you have in the bank, and you're being taught through media outlets, through whatever, oh, you're not this because you don't have this, or blah, 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 blah. But guess what? If you have that capacity to give and to share and to love, you're rich, you are wealthy, and that you might have more than a wealthy person has. You might. Don't think that you don't have. I don't think that we look at what we do have and, and realize how rich we are. Being rich. Excuse me, I had to drink something. Being rich is not just about material wealth. It's about being abundant. When you're abundant, even in times that are meager, you can be happy because you have the, this abundance inside. Even though I told these people off, and I think it was necessary that I did when I did, I never let go of that abundance. You know, at that I'm I'm always trying to grow it and and feel it and how we feel. I think that's what that whole secret thing was about by burn the secret, you know? It's like the vibration, the frequency of feeling a certain way. And then having that grow and returning to it and visualizing it and whatever, that's, that's the secret, is growing it, to growing it, how to tap into your divine energy. It's ongoing. We don't just, it's not like, oh, I had one day. It's like there is a process to living. There's, some, there's a trick to it, to living living it's alive in the moment and that's why it's so beautiful and I think that's also the thing that I was going to say about this transhumanism and about this force that wants to have every human being on lockdown and control us all and know what we're doing at all moments in time they are just as enslaved as we are because they gotta try to keep us locked down. That's number one. But number two, they're enslaved themselves and they don't even know it. That's all I can say. There's a whole conversation there about the transhumanism and how they are more trapped than any of us. And I'm going to explain that 
Not now. But there's a lot there. One thing I was going to say, some of us have trouble believing or understanding how these people are doing what they do. The cannibalism, the human trafficking, and the whatever. Some of these people that are doing this, they lost their humanity a long time ago. Maybe even as children. They grew up in satanic families and were abused to the point where the abuse was normalized. And they became psychopaths. And so now they want to normalize their dysfunction amongst us. Every time what we don't understand, because I said, doesn't it get old eating people? Doesn't it get old? First of all, raping somebody while someone's screaming, how much joy can you get out of that? Having to fight somebody, I mean, I just can't even understand it. And I said, doesn't it get old or whatever what they're doing? Until I realized that it is their practice. Like some people do yoga. It's their escape. That's their escape. Where they let go and can go to crazy town when they do these things. So you know how when you're stressed, you might eat a whole container of Nutella or, you know, a whole pack of cigarettes or, you know, I don't know, run through 10 women in a week or whatever it is that that your vice is. When they do what they do, their sick acts, that is their relief behavior. And then it becomes reinforced and it becomes a pattern and they do it over and over and over again because they're reliving their own traumatic experiences from their early childhood. So that's how they do it. I, I mean, I've just been like, how do they do that? Where do they, you know? And I don't even know if they could be rehabilitated. I just don't even know. But we're dealing with half of them are MK altered. They're fractured personalities. So when we see them on TV and they're talking normal stuff like us, like you'll hear Hillary say something, you'll almost think, wow, that sounded kind of whatever. And then you realize there's another side to her that's eating kids or whatever it is like that. It's kind of like that. Who even knows what part of them is aware of what they're doing? I truly wonder if they are mind or if they have the wherewithal to eat all of these people have handlers. And I'm just saying that they are enslaved. They're enslaved. So when you say, well, let's just stay quiet, let's just not do anything, or let's just pretend, or let's just be deceived, or just whatever you say, you're giving over to the psychopath. You're saying that it's okay for their standard to become our standard. 
That's what you're saying. You're saying that the rat, the way that the rabid dog is, that rabid dog should be allowed into the dog park to bite up all the other dogs and let them get rabies and then have all the dogs running around crazy and whatever, and that it's perfectly fine. We are not seeing what is really going on. Because everything that would reflect what is really going on is under mind control, is under illusions, is part of the matrix. So if we're always in the matrix, we're never thinking independently. We're dependent on every image, every word, every sound that's introduced into our world and we're governed by it. And I realized that today. And I'm going to tell you guys again, be very wary when you see certain celebrities say certain things. They're trying to get your attention, number one. And they're trying to turn these celebrities into mouthpieces. You give them power by paying attention to them. If what they're saying is totally ridiculous and completely just inane, offensive, not relevant, don't even bother talking about it. Because you make them a figure. And when you make them a figure, then people start talking about what they're saying and they're doing. And then that means that the news cycle is being dominated once again by nonsense and not about things that really matter, like human beings and what's going on with human beings on this planet. We now have to, when we talk about discernment, we don't have time for nonsense. I'm not saying I always balance everything with humor. I always do. And I'm not saying don't look at different things. I'm just saying, don't fall for it. And I almost fell into it. I mean, I'm a comedian. I have to practice my skill. But every single thing, you know, half of it is bots. Half, these, half of what we're dealing with on social media are bots. We're dealing with AI because no human being could respond that fast and manipulate things that fast. We're dealing with bots. You're not even talking to a real person. They're just there to say whatever their Trump bashing thing is or whatever their anti-reality thing is. They're there to reverberate a point of view. So if we can keep it on the facts... That's all we got to worry about. So he seems to be going on and on and on and on. I might have to wait to record it tomorrow. I want to do it tonight. But uh, this is the longest introduction you ever heard. <laughs> anyway, I'll be back with uh, story time after this. Kyla Powers. <laughs>